Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wolverine Sounds, and today we have just a special treat for you. We are back live recording with the one and only Craig Compton, who has not been on Wolverine Sounds for over two years. And the last time Craig and I did a show, we were just talking about this, we talked about the potential Michigan Wolverine two-quarterback system uh, where Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey were supposed to split time somehow. Craig, do you remember much about that? Um, You know, I think it was basically just a ploy to keep Dylan McCaffrey around the program for another year. Um, I remember being really excited. I I know that uh, there was a lot of talk in summer camp about him splitting out, playing some receiver, uh, just running some wacky formations. And as a, a faithful Michigan fan, I bought into the hype, as I'm sure everybody did at the time. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure in that, in that last podcast, you and I probably predicted Michigan to go to the national championship and Dylan McCaffrey to, to ride off into the sunset or something crazy like that. So uh, as much as I want to forget about those times, I do actually remember it a little bit. You know, it's good to draw back on, on some podcasting history. I'll throw myself under the bus. You know, I was probably like, why are we only talking about Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey when Joe Milton's on the roster? And, you know, sure. we no longer have a have a football program that features Shea Patterson, Dylan McCaffrey, or Joe Milton. So, well, a lot I mean, has I, changed. <laughs> I, uh, I very specifically remember doing podcasts with you back in, oh, I don't know, probably 2016. And you talking about Dylan McCaffrey and how he may just never even play a snap as a starting quarterback for Michigan. And, you know, he had some time there, but obviously all three of those guys now gone, like you said. So I think uh, as Michigan fans, we all have those hot takes to some degree because we buy into the hype every year about this time. And then uh, something happens and it lets us down. So I think last year after the Minnesota game, uh, your prediction about Joe Milton being the next great thing. Everybody was buying into that hype, so don't throw yourself too far under the bus. So what we probably shouldn't do is, is take this time to make hot takes, but I feel like that's what you have to do when you podcast well, you have with someone sure. for the first time in, in two years. So I'm not going to like throw you into the fire and say, give me your hottest take, but you know, if, you're, if you look at, honestly, not podcasting for two years is a great thing because there's a lot to talk about. We had probably the worst season we've ever seen in our lifetime. You know, one, because of a pandemic-filled season, it was a shortened season, a season that wasn't able to be finished, and a season that featured all of two wins and and four losses. You know, probably the oddest season we will ever see in our lifetime of Michigan football. So I guess, you know, before we get to the takes of this season, let's sadly revisit that. Like, what was it like just being a fan of that for you last year? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's the weirdest season that we ever see or the worst season that we ever see. I mean, I think you and I, I don't know if every week we texted back and forth, but I know that there were some some heated exchanges there just because I just was so sick of watching, as pretty much every Michigan fan is, yourself included, just watching the same junk week after week. And um, it's really easy in the moment to, to get really, really down on, on Michigan and Michigan has a program and Harbaugh's terrible. He's overrated. Uh, but then when you take a step back and you actually look at it, you know, I was just watching some, uh, 
some games from 2019, and Michigan was ranked in the top 10. They were, I think, all the way up to sixth in that season. So um, while they don't necessarily have the Big Ten championships to show that everybody thought seven years ago when Harbaugh came in, or they don't have any national championships, uh, there is there has still been some success there. The program has turned around. Last year, I mean, you can say what you want about it. You can throw it out the window. I look at it as they still lined up and played. Every team in the Big Ten was in the same boat, and uh, they came out and still played. I mean, Indiana, they weren't looking for any excuses last year. They had a heck of a season. So, uh, I mean, last year just was a frustrating year from week from week to week. Um, obviously, starting right there in week two against Michigan State, dropping that that game at home um, on Halloween, I remember taking my daughter to trick-or-treat that evening and running into, it felt like every Michigan State fan right. that was coming out of the woodworks and, and had something to say about that game. Um, that just, I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. I think that just kind of deflated everything. And then right after that, they go on the road, a, a game that uh, historically Michigan, at least in the last few years, has really had to battle at Indiana and last year Indiana obviously had a really good team. So you lose that game and now, now heads are rolling and and people are really, really fired up. So I think that season just got away early in the season. Um, You know, I think if they win that Michigan state game, maybe it's a little bit different season. Um, But I don't know. I, I look at that and there's still times that I'm like, what, what was the plan coming into the season? Because Joe Milton was not the plan. I mean, he just looked lost out there. So it's hard to look at the season and actually feel optimistic about it. But you got to move on and turn the page to this season. Well, on the show you'll hear just before this one, uh, Tyler and I talk about, you know, really how you can't get worse than, than last season. And you kind of right. mentioned this too, you know we hope that that's the worst season we ever see, you know, at least, at least mixed in with the pandemic and the shortened season, you know, between a horrible season and then a short season, you know, hopefully you don't see either of those things ever again, but especially not combined again, you know, that, that made it really rough. You know, we waited all that time to finally see Michigan football, just to see the product on the field be terrible. But I want to touch on kind of like that texting exchange, you know, that, that Michigan football relationship that we have per se, because I feel like what I've learned over the years, Craig, is you might be the perfect example of maybe a modern Michigan fan, but also very old school because you're the type of guy who will be so frustrated that you will tell me that you're not even going to tune in the next week. But oh, I didn't. I the didn't. week after that, you're down to podcast and talk about. Wow. <laughs> so that, that I think that's it's highs and lows, perfect, man. It's a perfect example of, you know, that modern Michigan fan where we, you know, we can be at the highest of high expectations galore, you know, players should have the potential. Again, Tyler, and I just talked about this, like there are so many guys that could be playmakers, but mm-hmm. you also can see what happened in 2020 where nobody is performing. Nobody is executing quarterback is, not only not present, but just a bust, you know, there we have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And sadly, our highest of highs are just, you know, a winning season where you beat a couple of rivals. You know, we, we never beat all of the rivals, obviously. Right. You don't see that. So our, our highest highs aren't where we want them to be. And it seems like our lowest lows have clearly dipped under what we've expected them to. 
But yeah, I think, you know, thinking of last season, it, it felt like a throwaway season. Um, and I think a lot of people will naturally do that and even forget about it. You know, over time, there's a lot of programs that struggled during the pandemic year. I think this year will be a struggle. I think the changes in college football and the playoff are going to present some struggles. You know, there's a conference realignment. College football is in a very interesting place. But I think, you know, what keeps me maybe from having a hot take necessarily this year is I just truly don't know what to expect. I don't know, you know, that it could be worse than last year, but I also don't know how to how to look at it from the, the standpoint that I think it's going to be a heck of a lot better. You know, I don't see a, you know, a 10 win Michigan team based right. on last year, but I also don't necessarily see a six or seven win Michigan team because that feels like we're not giving enough credit to, you know, rejuvenated coaching staff. You know, some of the success that you alluded to, even in the 2019 season that Harbaugh's had, you know, the, the fact that the program has turned around in a lot of ways, and, and maybe that causes some of these, these downs and the lowest of lows to feel even lower. But yeah, I mean, if you look at 2021, what would you generally expect, I guess, out of the, the Michigan football team this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit. It, I think it all comes down to looking at uh, Harbaugh and really just Michigan football and what you think their floor is. I think every program has a floor. And if you look at last year, you know, the two wins, I, I think that's just kind of an outlier. That's not a that's not the floor. I would say a, a safe floor typically from year to year is, you know, that seven to eight win mark for Michigan. Um, you know, obviously he, he has gone 10 and three multiple times. Um, and that just kind of is the running joke that Michigan's going to go 10 and three every year. But uh, I look at this the same way as you. I don't know that this is a necessarily a 10 win team. Um, you know, give me maybe a month in maybe even after that Washington game and, and see how guys respond in prime time against a good Washington team. And maybe I'll feel a little differently, but it's hard to say, yeah, they went two and whatever they ended up last year, two and four, and they're going to go and win 10 games this year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, but I'm also not going to say, well, they're only going to win four games. You know, historically there's teams on the schedule right here that Michigan should be able to just walk through uh, the game and, and come away with a big win um, starting week one with Western Western's a, an improved team, but you know, everybody, everybody knows that should be a win for Michigan. Um, I don't care how good Western is or how bad Michigan is. You should be pulling good enough recruits to be able to just go through and, and walk through the motions and win that game. So I, I don't know, I guess as an overall win loss total, um, I think there's some really tough games. Um, obviously, that Washington game's a tough game. Uh, the at Wisconsin will be a tough game. Mich at Michigan State will be a tough game, regardless of anything. Rivalry games are always tough. Uh, that Indiana game that that could be a good payback game. And then you know your last three games of the year. I mean, really, your last month of the year is what I meant to say. Um, Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. That's a a tough at least three games right there. So they've got a very, very tough schedule. Um, a lot of uh, question marks on both sides of the ball. Uh, really not a ton of experience at the quarterback position. So it's easy to just say, eh, it's going to be an okay year at best. But I also look at it, you know, I think back to Harbaugh's first year at Michigan. There were so many question marks. 
and even really his second year there, um, or yeah, I think it was second year, maybe third year. I don't know. There was, there was, uh, I think 10 new starters on defense and there's just so many questions this year with new defensive coordinator, um, Josh Gaddis, is he the right guy for the offense? Is he going to get things really moving for that offense? And then obviously Harbaugh's whole contract situation and restructuring that there's, there's just so many questions and so many new players and new coaches that I could see this being just one of those years where there's no expectation. The fans just actually let the Michigan program go out and do their thing. And maybe they, maybe they run the table and they win a bunch of games. I don't know. Um, it's going to go one way or the other though. I think it's going to be a, a mediocre, eh, that's what I figured season, or they're going to get really hot and su- surprise some people. I think a good question, you know, kind of off of that would be, if you look at this season, would you rather have, you know, Michigan fall into the classic, you know, play really well, ranked in the top 10, and then maybe fall apart in the last month of the season? Or would you rather see like a stinger of a loss, you know, in a, in a maze out game against Washington and, and see them, you know, compete for the Big Ten, maybe even all the way up to Ohio State? What What do you think you prefer this year? Do you, do you want to see you know, that blemish early, which maybe takes you out of the playoff, but allows you to see what you fix? Or or do you prefer a season where we're all high rolling and we're going into November like, hey, one of the best teams in the nation, and then just watching it fall apart? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen that one so many times, right? I mean, we go into the Ohio State game riding high and give up 50 points, and it's just the same joke every year. So I, I think I'd rather see that that loss early on to Washington. And, uh, I mean, we've seen teams lose early and still make it into the playoff because they have a good conference season. Um, obviously, if Michigan drops that Washington game, they can still run the table in the Big Ten and still make it to the Big Ten championship. Um, I I think it's going to be really tough either way because, like I said, that November schedule is going to be tough for Michigan. And then, obviously, any time you end end the season with Ohio State every single year, that's that's the toughest game on your on your schedule. That's the biggest, most important game. Um, and I think I think Michigan fans just need to come to terms with that. Yeah, they're a rival, but they have kicked Michigan's butt for years and years, and that's okay. I mean, you can, it's okay to accept that they are the better team year in and year out. And we just need to uh, just have a more realistic view on that rivalry, I think, and say, you know, Michigan's won it what one time in 15 years or whatever it is. And um, what, you know, you see the slogan going around right now, what are you doing today to beat Ohio State? I mean, that's, that's a good start. What are you doing today? Because for years, that rivalry wasn't really talked about. It was more so uh, just glorified from the Charles Woodson days and not uh, talked about in the last 15 years. So I think we got to live in the present. We got to focus on beating Ohio State, but we also have to give that same effort every single week. Yeah, I think the key this year for me, in, in terms of managing expectations too, this would, would be in relation to that. I think when I look at the schedule, you know, you want to see a win against Washington. You'd you'd prefer Michigan wins three out of those four November games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't expect yeah them to beat Ohio State unless Ohio State doesn't look like anything. You know, I, I expect you know challenging games at Wisconsin, at Penn State, you know, at Michigan State even because of what happened last year when it shouldn't have Indiana, like right. you mentioned, tough program. There's a lot of games on here. 
that Michigan could win. And there's a lot of games on here that Michigan could lose, especially if they look like they did last year. But I think for me, what I'm looking for is just taking care of business when you should be taking care of business. Now, we talked about Western, you know, Northern Illinois, Rutgers. If Michigan doesn't come out of the first four games or come out of September three and one, you know, you're already having way too many issues as a football program. Oh, yeah. You could come out of it 4-0, and and that'd be great because I think a, a staple, you know, primetime win, we don't know what Washington will be like just yet. You know, you'd love to see Michigan beat Washington and then find out that Washington has a chance to, you know, to make what would be a, you know, a 12-team playoff in the future. You know, usually, again, uh, a team like well, if Washington runs the table after, you know, they'll be in the running. But, you know, 4-0 and coming out of September would be great. But then I look at October, and if you can, you know, say you're three and one out of September, but you're four and zero coming out of October, that's a big month. You've you've won at Wisconsin and you've won at Michigan State, um, and then yeah, you know that last month is is tough because of Penn State and Ohio State specifically. And then yeah, you you can't discredit what Indiana's been doing recently, or even the fact that Maryland at times has beat ranked teams, even though they're you know not playing the best football over the last five years in general, but. Yeah, well, if you look at it month by month, there are at least probably one could easily be a lost game each month. And, oh, you know, yeah. right away, if you lose one game a month, there's your three losses. You know, that's not even yep. factoring in the bowl games that Michigan hasn't produced well in. So there could be four. So for me, it's win the games you're supposed to win. You know, on paper now, you know, you look like you should be at least three and one to start the season. You know, things will shake up and we'll see how well teams are performing. But, I don't want a game to end this season where I have to, you know, essentially wake up Sunday and think to myself, how did Michigan lose? If Michigan loses to a good team and they just, you know, it's like the Iowa game from 2016 where it's just, you know, a field goal to to win it for Iowa. You know, maybe you wake up and you're like, oh, how do you not win that game? But like, I don't want to wake up and after a Northern Illinois loss, like that's a really extreme example, or even like, it is. how did you let Nebraska, you know, Nebraska plays out of their mind at home, say on October 9th. Like, I don't want to wake up the next morning and be like, what? or how did we squeak out a win against Rutgers on the right. road in overtime or triple overtime or whatever right. it ended up being last year. I mean, just stuff like that. But historically, historically, you know, Harbaugh has taken care of those teams. And that's the one thing that he, he has done since he came to Michigan. If you, if you throw out last year, historically those games that he should win, uh, they go in there and they take care of business. What I'll tell you what I don't want to see is September. I do not want to see them just absolutely roll all these games or at least three of the four games and go into that Wisconsin game three and one or four and oh, after just dismantling teams and then go in and just lay an egg at Wisconsin because we've seen that one year after year, it seems right. like as well. Um, not saying I want to see close games against those teams, but I wouldn't mind seeing Michigan just kind of fly under the radar those first four games and then go on the road and beat a Wisconsin team. I mean, that would be, that'd be ideal to me is if you could beat a good Washington team at home under the lights uh, and then just kind of fly under the radar for those other three games and then go into Wisconsin and, and beat a good Wisconsin team. I think for me over the season, you know, and it's hard with Washington and Wisconsin that early, um, you know, early October for Wisconsin and second game of the season for Washington. I just want to mm-hmm. see Michigan improve, you know, mm-hmm. whether they fly under the radar, or whether they come out strong. I just want to see an improvement. I don't mind if they come out and blow out teams like Western and Northern Illinois and Rutgers, because you would expect that to be the case. 
but you know, it's, it's handling, you know, handling business and, and giving yourself a chance in games, you know, like you mentioned, Wisconsin, that'd be a huge win just because of Michigan's history playing at Wisconsin as of late. I think if you can beat Wisconsin on the road, Madison, that's an accomplishment, no matter how good Wisconsin ends up being this season. And I think that that's the game, you know, that's kind of what you'd maybe consider a middle tier game. That's a little bit towards the higher end, you know, maybe at Nebraska or versus Northwestern is again, winnable games that could be closer than we'd want, you know, just taking care of business and and giving yourself a chance. You know, I think that's, we, we touched on that with the Ohio state and why, you know, Michigan can, you know, essentially not, maybe not even run the table, but play well enough to be considered for a playoff, you know, a fighting chance for a big 10 championship if you beat Ohio state. And then, yeah, you know, just get hammered by 60 points. You know, right. if you can avoid games like that, those just you're crushed in the first half and there's really no point for you to watch at that point because you just know you're just going to be miserable watching it. Like, I just don't want to see that at all. If it happens, I'd rather see it happen against a really good team that goes on to make the playoff or win the Big Ten championship, I guess. But, you know, well, I, I think, think my philosophy is just take care of business and give yourself a chance. Those are the two things that I'm hoping for and, and kind of where my expectations lay. And that's everybody's big gripe with Harbaugh and, and Don Brown lately um, is how they were losing those, some of those games. You know, you think about Wisconsin just – running it right up the middle over Michigan's D-line and this this stout Michigan defense that's supposed to be great. And it just seems like year after year in those big games, Michigan just kind of falls flat. Um, so I think, yeah, if they can keep it close, even if you're losing and you're keeping it close, you think back to um, the JT was short game against Ohio State. That was a heck of a football game. And that game, while it stings that Michigan lost – um, that one doesn't hurt nearly as badly as some of those games that they were giving up 50-plus points, and Ohio State was just making a fool of them out there and really didn't even look like they were trying all that hard in the second half. Yeah, I think I think that that's a great example of where we would expect Michigan to be under Jim Harbaugh. You know, we were hoping for success. I don't think anyone, you know, if, if you're being really realistic or at least with, you know, hindsight being 2020, I don't think any of us really expected them to run the table like Alabama. You know, maybe we wanted that selfishly and we thought Harbaugh could restore a national championship, but I would like to think that even if, you know, say that 2016 game goes Michigan's way and say they end up even losing their first playoff game, which, you know, is a super reasonable take, you know, I, one, you'd beat Ohio State and you'd be in the playoff and that's an accomplishment, but I don't think I'd return every season and, and be like, you know, playoff or bust. Now it should be that way. Once you make the playoff, you should find a way to keep that steady. But with the way Alabama and Clemson and even now Ohio State seem to be loaded every year, you know, it's really hard for for other teams to to be a part of the equation if they can't beat those given teams specifically. You know, you yeah, for sure. you didn't see teams like Oklahoma. You know, they've had so much success, but at the end of the day, they just simply run into a better team that has more talent and is seems to be better prepared for the big moment. And so I think right what you said with, with that Ohio State example, like, yeah, maybe not a, an overtime game every time, but again, give yourself a fighting chance and look like you're prepared for a moment. If you can look like you're prepared and you just lose to a better team, so be it. You know, that's going to happen to every team. 
probably most years of college football. If you're getting blown out of the water or you're losing to a team you shouldn't, then yeah, you know, that's when the boo birds come out. That's when they get rid of Harbaugh's come out. They already have, they're very loud and present. They'll be even louder and more present this year. I just think, you know, take care of business and, and just act like you belong in, in the games that, you know, are some of the bigger ones. Absolutely. Craig, it was a pleasure doing this. I am Great. excited that we can do more of this. Do you have any lasting thoughts for, you know, your return? Kind of come out of retirement here. Well, hopefully it won't be two years again before I'm back on here. But um, I'm just I'm looking forward to this year. Um, I like the the unknown about the season. I like the uh, lack of pressure, I guess. And I like that guys just, I mean, you can see it just in the videos that Michigan football is posting. It looks like guys are just going out and, and playing loose and having fun. And I think that's got to be the recipe for success. If you can't do that and you're playing up tight and there's pressure on you at all times, it's really, really hard to perform week in and week out. And I think that's been Michigan's biggest hurdle for the last long time is that the fan base just get out of the way and let the coaches do what they need to do and let the players do what they need to do. Amen. Well, and on that note, thanks for tuning in to Wolverine Sounds. Uh, thanks for joining Craig and I. Craig, thanks for joining me. We hope to have you Absolutely. on Wolverine Sounds again soon. And to all of you out there, go blue.